Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. This is a podcast from Minute Media. You are listening to the One Good Scare podcast with Natalie Zamora and Max Mello. Hey everyone, welcome back to a new episode of the One Good Sierra podcast. I'm Natalie Zamora and I'm joined by Max Mallow and now we're getting to the end of the year. So of course we have to do a little bit of a retrospective look back at 2021 and see what were the best horror movies, what were the worst horror movies, what horror movies were great disappointments, Halloween kills, we all know this, we'll get into it. And yeah, just kind of talk about what we've enjoyed this year and and all of that good stuff. Yeah, our penultimate episode of the year. Obviously, you know, before we started recording, Natalie was like, did I watch any horror movies this year? (laughs) And then, you know, I kind of had the same thought and I went back and looked, you know, at our massive like library of all the episodes. I'm like, wow, we've talked about a lot of movies this year. A lot of movies that I've forgotten about um, that, you know, kind of all got washed away by the hype that was Midnight Mass and how much we loved that show. Um, Mm -hmm. But, yeah, there are some good picks in here. Like This was a pretty strong year for horror movies, rebounding from 2020 with, obviously, the pandemic going on and not a lot of movies getting released on the whole. One, notably, A Quiet Place Part 2, which got delayed multiple times, was Mm -hmm. worth the wait. It was a phenomenal movie um, and one of the, the shining points of this year. And yeah, like you mentioned, there are some real stinkers that came out this year um, <laughs> that at some point possibly, you know, we'll review because there are some movies on here that we didn't get to this year uh, that yeah. were some big releases. But overall, super excited to talk about the year in whole. And then obviously our final episode of the year, which will be next week, will be our look ahead into 2022 and what we are super excited about because, you know, we have no time to, to breathe. We got Scream coming out right away. and I'm so excited mm-hmm. for it. Um, but before we do that, of course, we have our second-to-last horror news roundup that Natalie scoured the internet. Natalie didn't do it, actually, this week. I did, and I only put the one thing that we need to talk about, which isn't really horror-related, but it kind of is. The movie isn't the person attached to it is, and that's The Northman. Robert Eggers' upcoming Viking revenge tale is coming. The trailer was released. It's coming April 2022. It stars Alexander Skarsgård, Nicole Kidman, uh, Anya Taylor-Joy, among all the other amazing names. Are Bjork is attached to it. Like this, to me, is already the best movie of next year. I am so excited for this film. Give me your thoughts on the trailer. Oh my gosh! Yes. Yeah. So I wasn't really sure what genre it would be. Like you hear Robert Eggers, and you're like, it's either going to be horror or she's going to be really fucked up in some way, um, just based on the lighthouse and the witch. But yeah, so it definitely. I don't think it is horror at all. Like you said, it's not really has to do with horror, but um, it definitely looks really dark, and it's of course a um, historical drama. 
which isn't like my favorite genre at all. But this trailer looks absolutely epic. Like you said, it's a revenge tale. And so Alexander Skarsgård's character, we're going to see him um, from a kid into an adult and going on this huge kind of journey um, to to get revenge um, for his father who was killed. And it just looks it looks crazy and I'm hoping it's just really, really dark. Yeah. If anyone wants to know, like, how do you make a movie trailer? Look at this and look at the Batman trailer that came out this year. Uh, Mm -hmm. the Robert Pattinson one, because to me, those two trailers do a phenomenal job of building hype anticipation and also just like making you want to watch it over and over again to see what you might've missed the first time watching it. The music in this trailer is like bone chilling. And it's, you know, behind this repeated line from Alexander Skarsgård, who keeps saying, I will avenge you, father, I will save you, mother, and I will kill kill you, Fjolnir. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. Obviously, it's an old Viking tale. So a lot of of, uh, names that I'm sure we're going to have to learn and pronounce multiple times to get it right. But like you said, it's not horror. And The Lighthouse really wasn't horror either. The Witch is the most horror movie that Robert Eggers has made. Um, the Lighthouse has some aspects of it, but it's definitely a psychological mindfuck yeah. as a genre. <laughs> like, if I had to classify that movie, I'd put it into that genre. And it's phenomenal. It was my favorite film of 2019. Um, mm-hmm. And it looks like there's some... You know, you'll pick up on some of the directing that Robert Eggers has shown in the past two uh, films in this trailer. Like, there are some, like, single shots just, like, closely zoomed in on some characters that definitely gave me some Lighthouse vibes, though this movie mm-hmm. is in color and that movie was in black and white. But, like, oh man, this movie looks phenomenal. Like, I hope this movie gets all the praise that it deserves uh, when it releases because I I have absolute faith that this movie is going to slap. Like, I have no worries about it because of Robert's track record, the names yeah. attached to it. Anya Taylor-Joy seems to be playing some kind of character that might be, you know, tied to witchcraft or something like that. She, yeah. She has a line that's like, strength can break men's bones, but I have something that can break their spirit or something like that. And I was like, tell me more. <laughs> tell me more about this, Anya. I want to know. Um, but yeah, I'm so excited for this movie. Uh, someone on Twitter was like, not seeing it. This is just The Lion King, which like... Yeah, it's kind of like the Lion King. Like, his father is killed by his uncle, and then he has to go away and then come back and save the kingdom. So, like, kind of. The Lion King is a great movie, though. So if this is an R-rated version of it, sure. Right? With, like, the, the, the one scene that, like, blew me away was when it seems like they're camping outside of some kind of fort or, you know, uh stronghold or something and mm-hmm. a guy on the gate throws a spear and yes. Skarsgård catches it does a 360 and throws it back and the sound editing in that scene in just the trailer was like cool movie of the year you want it <laughs> <laughs> I'm hype I'm hype it's crazy it's it also interesting though that I know we knew this ahead of time but the trailer really reminded me that this is not an A24 movie. Mm. It is made by Focus Features, um, and The Witch and The Lighthouse were A24. So, curious to see if that is has any difference at all. Um, but, yeah, I think I think this film definitely 
you know, was able to have a bigger budget and Robert Eggers is moving up in the world. So good for him. Yeah. Um, so many names from A24 that we've grown to love and so yeah. many films overall, like outside of like directors, they're not even in the horror space. Like, oh, yeah. um, what's Jonah Hill? 24. Is that what the movie's called? Mid no. mid nineties twenty four, a twenty four is the production company. <laughs> uh, yeah, mid nineties is a phenomenal. A twenty four is like, you know, the stereotypical millennials like, oh, I this is know. this is cinema. <laughs> but it is. It is like the <laughs> amount of memes I saw of like Martin Scorsese from that interview when he like crapped on Marvel movies. Yeah, was like this is cinema, and I'm like, yeah, it is, and it's it's breathtaking. It's gonna be amazing. I I hope, you know, with this new Omicron variant and stuff like that, it's kind of quieted down by April when this movie's set to come out because it deserves mm -hmm. a huge box office. Like, Spider-Man did a huge box office amid the pandemic right now, right, with this new variant coming out. And then the Omicron and Delta are going to team up or something? I don't know. Twitter. Yeah. You read a lot of Twitter, you find out a lot of things. Um, yeah. So we don't have to talk about it, but I hope this movie gets all the praise and all the money it deserves because Robert Eggers should be making movies for the rest of our lives because he's amazing. Yeah, I agree. I'm really hyped for it. Cannot wait. Same. So yeah, that's our horror news. Uh, go watch the trailer, go watch it again. And then after that, watch it a third time and then <laughs> send it to five of your friends and family members. Um, but yeah, our horror year in review, it was an eventful year, Natalie. It was, a, it was yeah. a year that we had so much hype for. Uh, a ton of franchises returning uh, with third releases, sequels, uh, mm -hmm. some new movies, some some reboots, some remakes. A lot of those those rewords that we talk about, reboot quotes, yeah. all those types <laughs> of things. Um, and and some... And so, what did you say? Sidequels. Sidequels. <laughs> yeah, that was one of them. Sidequels. That was a good one. Um, and some movies that, that surprised us. Um, but... The big one of the year was Halloween Kills. And this right. movie showed us that, you know, should never get excited for something in life. <laughs> I know. It's just so funny because I feel like at this point we're like feeding a dead horse of how much hate we're giving it. And it's just hilarious because our first ever episode was about the history of Halloween. We've talked about how much we love the franchise. Um, Halloween won our bracket and everything and you know we're halloween stands and then for us to turn around and then just become halloween kills haters is just hilarious to me but it, it's funny now it was sad at first but now i think it's just funny yeah it's the ultimate anime arc you know <laughs> top, ten, top 10 betrayals this this franchise betrayed us um i think i mentioned it on a previous episode and i'm wearing my ice nine kills sweatshirt, oh yeah but when i went to go see them. I might have mentioned to you off an episode uh, after mm. we're done recording, but in the middle of, you know, the anticipation for them to come out and do their set, a bunch of people in the back started chanting evil dies oh. tonight. And I was like, man, that makes me laugh and cry at the same time. Cause <laughs> that's hilarious. But also that movie stinks and it sucks. Cause we were so, the, the podcast is named after the movie. Yeah. One's entitled to one good scare it's from the original Halloween. And this movie stank. And it was really upsetting. Um, and it's killed all of our hope for the third one. Because, you know, we've talked about it. There's going to be a big time jump in it. Which mm -hmm. is kind of 
risky, to say the least, you know, uh, after the way the second one ended. But if you want to hear all our thoughts on it, you can go and listen to our review of it. You know, we're not, we're going to talk about each movie kind of briefly and what we thought about yeah. it. But if you want to, you know, listen to our full review, it is out there. Um, the next one is falls in the category of movies that surprised us because yeah. we didn't know much about it. Um, we even got to talk to one of the actors from the trilogy, which should give it away, which is the Fear Street trilogy. Um, a three-part Netflix release that was just the opposite of Halloween Kills, right? You didn't have to think too hard about it. You didn't have any anticipation or, or hype behind it. And they were just three really good watches that gave you something different every, every time. Yeah, I thoroughly enjoyed these. I haven't gone back and rewatched them, but I totally would, especially because it's been, like, what, almost six months now since they came out in July. Um, so, yeah, they're awesome. And I think, too, yeah, I didn't have too much anticipation for them. Um, they are based on R.L. Stein's books, and I actually had never read this particular series. I was more familiar with Goosebumps, as most people are. Um, and, you know, this is kind of a, it's not a young adult film series because it is rated R. There are a lot of really, really graphic kills. But just having it, you know, about teenagers, I was like, okay, it's just going to be another one of those teen horror movies. You know, no big deal. But no, it was, it's fantastic. Every single movie is so good. And I think part two, 1978, is still my favorite. That one was so good. Yeah, that was my favorite part. Like, each one was kind of an homage to different genres of horror, which was yeah. really, really cool. Like, the first one gives off, like, Scream vibes. I know what you did last summer. The second one gives off Friday the 13th and Sleepaway Camp. And yeah. the final one just reminded us of The Witch because it's, yeah. like, Salem Witch Trials and all that type of stuff. Crucible. Um, yeah, The Crucible. Uh, but, yeah, we got to talk to Jeremy Ford, who was in the first and third movies. Uh, it was mm-hmm. an absolute blast talking to him. And yeah, it's a great example of just like, why not? Right? Like you scroll through it. There's a lot of stuff on Netflix that I'm sure everyone scrolls through and they're like, not today. This is exactly the opposite of what I'm feeling. Um, Mm -hmm. But for horror fans, I feel like, you know, there's a lot of B movies on Netflix to kind of scroll through and seeing the Netflix name attached to something might draw or turn people away from it, but they're fun. They're good watches. Um, you know, it's a cohesive story, which is super impressive to do over the course of three movies that were shot very quickly and had to alter its release schedule because of the pandemic. Um, yeah. They were all supposed to come out in theaters, but then they did them on a weekly basis um, back during the summer. And they were just a fun watch during that time. Uh, I really appreciated all of them. I think the second one is still probably my favorite. And, and yeah, it definitely, because of like some of the names attached to it, like, um, people you might see in Stranger Things and stuff like that. Yeah, it's like, oh, is this just a young adult teen horror movie? Not nah, like do your research. There are some really graphic kills in this in this movie that are gonna please a lot of horror fans uh, and surprise them, um, which is good. But yeah, definitely up there in terms of my favorite ones that we've reviewed this year and watched. The next one will be all you because I haven't seen this movie yet. Um, and it was probably the most anticipated remake of remake, reboot, quill, side quill, whatever you mm-hmm. want to call it. Um, I haven't seen it yet um, because I believe it's like twenty five dollars to rent, and I was like, "Crap!" It's just, <laughs> I've I've been so hesitant to like rent things and pay, you know, the full price for it of what it would yeah. be for like two tickets for me and my girlfriend to go see it in the theaters because like yeah. 
everything is available on streaming at some point now. I screwed up. I didn't watch Dune when it was on HBO Max for free, so I got to wait for it to come back. Mm. And I'm just like, is this going to be available soon? Do I pay the money? Do I not? Um, I know. But it's Candyman. Nita Costas, Candyman, Jordan Peele, obviously attached to it as well, uh, with Monkey Paw Productions. What were your thoughts on this movie? Because this will be all you since I haven't seen it. Yeah, yeah. I really, really liked this movie. I think it was one of my favorites of the year. And this was another one that had a bunch of um, um, delays because of COVID. And I remember like seeing the first trailer for it and being so hyped for it. And I think it delivered. I mean, it was really, really great. Um, It's supposed to be a direct sequel to the first one, um, but it's many, many years later. And it tells a whole new story while still having, you know, Candyman as a character. So I really liked it. The acting was good. There were some surprises. There's a little bit of a twist at the end that I didn't see coming. So I really enjoyed it. And I think that because it came out, let's see, when did it come out? In August. I mean, we're still in the middle of a pandemic. I feel like it was an underrated release of this year, I would say. Yeah, did you and you did you see it in theaters or did you rent it? Yeah, no, I saw it in theaters. Cool theater experience. Theaters with masks. Would you go to a Nighthawk or did you go to like a multiplex? I went to a Nighthawk. Yeah. Nice. So a pleasant viewing experience. Yeah, yeah, it was great. I think I went in the middle of the day and it wasn't packed, but there were people in there, um, and it, it was a really great experience. I want to watch it again. Yeah, it is definitely on my list of, of movies to watch, and I need to do my research when it comes to things that are going to be on streaming soon or not and be like all right cool like i'm not against paying the 25 dollars for it or whatever it is now i just want to make sure that it's not coming to streaming before i do that you know i know it might stream on like peacock Mm. well it's universal so it might be hbo i don't know when though i haven't seen anything about it coming streaming so (laughs) yeah i I haven't either but it is up there uh obviously uh, yeah, Abdul Mateen the second who plays the protagonist. So good. He is blown up in the world. He is everywhere. He's in the Matrix Resurrections, which comes out, and I believe he's playing Morpheus, which is like I watched the first Matrix again for the first time, uh, or not for the first time in a long time. Uh, yeah, with my girlfriend who hadn't seen the full thing, and like Lawrence Fishburne to me as Morpheus was like that that dude. Like I loved yeah. him so much when I saw that movie as a kid. And I'm so glad that he's playing this new version of him because he's a phenomenal actor. He is also just taking over just like different genres, horror, yeah. uh, superheroes. Like he's in Aquaman. Uh, mm-hmm. Like I said, Morpheus, science fiction, uh, Watchmen, which was phenomenal, an amazing series that everybody should watch on HBO Max um, from Damon Lindelof. Just absolutely killing it. I can't wait to see what he does next year. Um, but yeah, that is up there. I need to watch it. And now you mentioned surprise twists. Yeah. And twists you didn't see coming. I'm not going to say anything, though. No, I know. <laughs> no spoilers. No spoilers. But that applies to the next movie we're going to talk about. Okay. Because it's malignant. <laughs> the movie that had the craziest twist that I've ever seen in a horror movie, bar none. I still don't know what I think about it. I still really don't. Yeah, me either. Uh, there's another <laughs> movie on this list where I, I want to love this movie. Yeah. But I just feel like there's just things wrong with it that I haven't been able to figure out, like, in my own head. Mm. But it was also one of the most anticipated movies of the year because it's a new franchise, 
you know, standalone, whatever it is. Like, it, who knows if this will be a franchise moving forward. Right. But it's from James Wan, um, who is one of the most acclaimed directors in the space over the past decade um, and longer. This movie uh, is certainly something. <laughs> it's it's a wild murder mystery yeah. that completely just goes full batshit crazy at the climax of this film. Um, that, as we talked about in our review, I just started laughing when it happened because it oh, was yeah. so crazy. And some of the things that happened at this point in the movie, we won't give away too many spoilers for those who haven't seen it, and you can go listen to our review as well, but it's it's wild. Yeah, I a big reason why I do kind of love this movie, though, is just because of the reactions to it. Like, I've seen people say this is, like, the worst movie they've ever seen, and other people be like, it's revolutionary. Like, we're going to be talking about it for years to come. So it's like, damn, like, that divisive response is just so interesting to me, and I kind of love that it has that reputation now, um, now that it's been out for a few months. And, I mean, like, overall, I enjoyed it. Like you said, there's a lot of ridiculous parts. I also was kind of laughing towards the end. But... I mean, it's entertaining. You can't deny that. It is definitely entertaining. I couldn't take my <laughs> eyes off the screen. Um, and yeah, you know, you mentioned the divisiveness to it, right? Like, those are arguably the movies we talk about more over yeah, the years, right? Exactly. Like, the movies that we love and we praise, like, we give it their due attention and we talk about it a lot. And then the next movie comes out and we're like, this movie's amazing. And then yeah. we kind of forget about all the other great ones that we loved. I totally agree. This movie is either you either hate it or you love it. And. Or you're me, and you. <laughs> we're, like, we're like, I don't know, and that's <laughs> not necessarily a bad thing, right? Like no. that keeps you wanting to figure out what you think of this movie. Um, yeah, we don't know if there's a sequel coming to it. Obviously, James Wan is like a master of like franchises over the years. Like you have Saw, oh, yeah. you have Insidious, The Conjuring, all of his creation. Um, I don't know if this movie needs a sequel. It probably doesn't, but yeah. it definitely, I think, deserves a rewatch. At some point. Yeah. I agree. Uh, and then the next one is also a James Wan movie. Because, again, like we said, he's just a giant in the industry. Uh, and that is his third movie, technically, in the Conjuring series. Because, as yeah. we know, the Conjuring universe is as big as the Marvel universe. Um, yeah, basically. And that's The Conjuring, The Devil Made Me Do It. What did you think about the third entry in the Conjuring series? So... It was pretty bad. We didn't review this one, right? I think we talked about it. Right. Did we? And then I was like, no, it was just bad. I don't want to talk about yeah, it. Yeah, that's what you said. Yep. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I really didn't enjoy it at all. It was pretty boring. It was pretty stale. And it wasn't scary at all. I mean, I know you know I'm not one that gets scared easily. But I feel like it didn't even try to be scary. It was really disappointing. And Let's see, the director of this one is Michael Chavez, who also made um, The Curse of La Llorona, which I didn't like either. So, I don't know what you're doing, dude. Not the best not the best direction with um, with this franchise or with this, you know, The Curse of La Llorona goes into the even bigger um, kind of universe. But, no, I, like, completely forgot about it. It's not good. Yeah. It's tough, right? Because, like, the first two Conjuring movies are, like, beloved. Yeah. People love those movies. Um, 
The Annabelle ones I haven't seen. I don't care to see them. Um, I like the first Annabelle. Dolls freak me the hell out. So yeah, you know, you know that about me. So <laughs> I stay as far away from those movies as possible. Um, mm-hmm. But like, I felt like this movie was meant to be like a home run, um, and it, the trailer I remember definitely gave off like like a law thriller because it takes place in a courtroom. Yeah. Yeah, and it was based on a true um, court case of a guy who was like, the devil made me do it. The devil made me kill this person. So Mm. that's it. That was an interesting part. I feel like it could have been way scarier because it was based on true events. But what do I know? Yeah. Yeah, it's a shame (laughs) because it was definitely one of the most hyped up ones. It was an HBO Max release as well. um, Yeah. Which was, you know, all praise HBO Max and all the movies that you know they have released on streaming for free during the pandemic except for dune which i haven't watched and i'm still shooting myself in the foot about that i'm so upset i haven't like watched that movie yet i was like okay i'm i kind of want to go see this in theaters like i want to go see it in imax i want to Mm -hmm. take in all the denis venu that i can in my life Mm -hmm. and i was like and maybe not this weekend and i was like maybe "Eh, maybe not next weekend and then i was like all right i'm just gonna watch it on streaming and then I went to HBO Max and it wasn't available. So then I rented Free Guy that my girlfriend and I watched. And that movie is charming and heartwarming. So thank you, Ryan Reynolds, for bringing that movie to life. Um, there you go. It's not horror at all, but it's yeah. it's a good time if anyone wants to watch a crappy comedy. Um, so yeah, Conjuring, Dale made you do it. Not, not that high up there. No. The next one on this list... <laughs> I think we Isn't need to take a break. At this point, yeah. yeah, I need to take a break on this one because I need to gather my thoughts for the the spiel I'll give this movie. All right, it's all you. Let's take our first quick break, and we'll be right back. All right, the next movie that was a highly anticipated big release, another Netflix movie this year, is Army of the Dead. Not exactly horror. Could have been more horror, a little bit horror, I don't know, action, zombie, heist, whatever the hell the genre is called. Take it away with your thoughts. We also have a review on this one that's very in-depth and very long, so if you're interested in listening to that, go back and listen to it. Yeah. (laughs) You know, listeners will know, I wanted to love this movie so much. And you're right, it's not really horror. People think, oh, zombies, it's a horror movie, right? Like, zombies are a horror movie thing mm-hmm. the idea of the undead uh but Zack snyder who is i would say arguably the most polarizing director in hollywood yeah. easily um, yeah so made this movie and wanted to combine zombies and kind of oceans 11 uh and among other types of things i was so hyped for this movie because i was coming off the back of watching his justice league for six hours or however long it was and i was like man like you got you, you got done dirty by by warner brothers man i feel bad like you had a vision for this and whether or not it was perfect or anything mm-hmm. this was better than joss weed and justice league a crap crap movie um but yeah i wanted to love this movie and this movie just it didn't want to love me back <laughs> i think is a good way of saying it it just just things and, and pieces of it that didn't connect and make sense, which is a shame because there's a lot of really good performances in this movie. I think Tig Notaro is fantastic and does an amazing job considering that 
Nataro was not on set to reshoot yeah. parts for Chris D'Elia, who was obviously cut from the movie. Um, Crazy. It, you can't even tell that they were filmed in different locations. It was, like, so well done. Um, some of the action scenes in this are fantastic, but it's kind of the same thing with uh, Malignant, is that it just gets to the final act of the movie and it just doesn't know what to do. It just yeah. It just freaks out and... I always hate the idea, too, of, like, race against the clock in movies, because it's like, oh, you know, there's suspense. Are they going to make it? Are they not going to make it? But, like, you also can't do that and then just, like, take a really, really long time to explain your clock that you're racing against, because it definitely feels like at times they're like, we have eight minutes, and then, like, ten minutes of screen time goes by, and it's like, we have six minutes, and I'm like, dude. Yeah. That was so annoying. Yeah, this movie was definitely really, really disappointing. It was way too long, too. Just way too long for nothing happening. Some of the characters were annoying. The dialogue was shit. So, I don't know. What's interesting, though, is Army of Thieves, the prequel movie that came out on Netflix in October, I think, was pretty good. I really enjoyed it, but it was more of just like a comedy heist movie. Um, and it follows the character Dieter, who is just like such a presence. He's such a great main character that I really, really enjoyed Army of Thieves. Could have just watched that and not watched Army of the Dead, to be honest. We need to start a new heist movie podcast. We'll, yeah. run, we'll run out of movies very quickly. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I haven't watched that yet because of the hesitation with watching Army of the Dead. But yeah. Dieter is also one of the best parts of Army of the Dead. He plays the safe cracker. You know, without him, the whole plan goes to shit. Um, yeah. And, like, if you like Zack Snyder movies, you'll enjoy this somewhat, right? But if you hate Zack Snyder movies, you're definitely going to hate this movie. Yeah, I agree. There were definitely some redeeming parts. There were some cool scenes. Zombie Tiger. Zombie Tiger was so cool. Yeah. But overall, definitely watch Army of Thieves and see what you think. It's pretty funny. I liked it a lot. Good. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad that you liked it. Um that gives me some some good uh, some good hope, yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, I just I love his Dawn of the Dead remake so much as well. Me such too. A, such a good remake, such a good zombie film. Just ugh. so sad. And who knows if there's like he wanted to make a whole universe around this kind of franchise. Yeah, but. he's supposed to be making then. So Army of Thieves was a prequel to Army of the Dead, and then he's making a sequel to Army of the Dead. Yeah. And basically, I think he teased that Dieter might still be alive. So, there's that. Maybe yeah. someone else will direct it, because he didn't direct Army of Thieves. The actor who plays Dieter directed it, and he did a pretty good job. So Yeah. <laughs> I, will say, I will say this. Let me move on to our next two movies. Um, it's way better than that piece of garbage, Day of the Dead, on sci-fi. Oh, yeah. That was that was the we harshest we've been. Um I didn't even remember what you were talking about. <laughs> See that's how bad it was. Yeah, that was really bad. Yeah. Well, I don't want to throw you under the bus there. I was as harsh as I could be on that movie. I even titled yeah. it in our library Awful Show. Because <laughs> I hated that movie so much. And that shows how much I love zombie movies and shows and everything. Yeah. Like media. Like Scream was the one that like got me in love with the genre but zombies were like my entryway into it through like video games and movies and stuff like that so yeah. i can really appreciate a good zombie movie um 
The next one, also a good example of not sure what to do when the final 25 to 30 minutes of the movie comes through. Totally. It, it, it was way better in the first half compared to Army of the, Army of the Dead um, in terms of being a cohesive movie that's just, you know, visually stimulating. Mm-hmm. Just Last Night in Soho. Yeah, I I mean, yeah, I think we reviewed this two, three weeks ago, a couple episodes ago, so you guys can easily find it if you want to listen to that review. But yeah, Last Night in Soho was, I think, just another pretty okay movie of the year. Um, I don't think I was disappointed, necessarily. I did have high hopes for it, but I still enjoyed it. Like you said, the ending was a little messy. A lot of things that just didn't add up or just I didn't like. But great acting. Thomas and Mackenzie, Anya Taylor-Joy, of course, were huge stands on this podcast. So that was at least enjoyable. And I'm saying it was a good movie of this year. Yeah. Like, we crap on movies for sometimes being too long. Mm -hmm. Honestly, kind of think this movie might have benefited from like 10 to 15 extra minutes just to flush things out. Yeah, I agree. The ending was very rushed, and it was like a little bit of a time jump, not to get into too many spoilers if you guys haven't watched it, but it was kind of just like, all right, what now? And then it's like, all right, everything's good in the end, or is it? Yeah. It's a classic like ending, like, all right, all the shit happened, let's see them fast forward like a month or so, and then it's like, but wait, is the danger still around? Yeah. But yeah, like you, like you said, it is good, right? Like, Edgar Wright... It, it he makes very enjoyable movies to watch. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just I wish it just ended more coherently because I it, agree. It, it was one of our most anticipated movies of the year, like you mentioned. Yeah. On, on it, did they call her ATJ? Is that something we should start? Ooh, maybe we could start that. Oh, we could be the ATJ ATJ <laughs> stand group. Nice. Yeah. Everyone loves acronyms, um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, super anticipated. Um, and it was good, not great, which mm-hmm. was upsetting. Uh, and then the last one, before we come to the best of the best, which everyone should know what it is, because we <laughs> talk about it so much, and we had a huge like five-part review on it. Um, but it is, uh, I think, easy to say, the best sequel uh, of the year, and the best horror sequel in recent memory uh, yeah. for me, which is A Quiet Place Part 2 um, from John Krasinski. Uh, picking up right where the first one left off, a movie that was uh, obviously it took a huge hit with the pandemic and having to be re- uh, you know rescheduled and all that type of stuff. And this movie is uh, this movie's phenomenal. Yeah, I love this movie. I was so excited after I watched it, and then you had watched it when it came on Paramount, and I was so glad that you felt the same way about as me, just like super super excited and happy and just happy to talk about it so we have a review of this one as well and it's probably apart from midnight mass our most glowing review that we've had i would say um i love this movie honestly i still think the opening scene is so effective and so good like i would go and just watch the opening scene and then just like go watch something else just because it's so good the acting is so great. Of course, we have John Krasinski um, in flashbacks, and then Emily Blunt is back as a, one of our main protagonists. Killian Murphy has a bigger role, who I just love. I'm biased because of I have a crush on him, but he's a fantastic actor, and he killed it in this movie. He was so good. Yeah, obviously, we're going to do one spoiler. 
right? Like, or the first movie. Lee dies in the first movie. Yeah. Um, so, you know, you're going to have, it's going to be a new character, most likely, if it's not focusing specifically on Evelyn um, and Reagan, Marcus, and then the newborn baby. Um, but uh, Killian Murphy kills it as Emmett, um, who uh, is kind of shown to be a an old friend of the Abbots um, and definitely takes on a father figure type role in Lee's absence in this movie. It's fantastic. I want to also just say that, you know, all that hype you gave to the opening scene, again, I want to double down on it. I think that scene should be shown in like in movie classes in like college and stuff because it's brilliant. Um, and this is Jim from the office. <laughs> yeah. And it's like yeah. something people won't expect. I think. Yeah, I watched too. They released a video. Um, I forget what channel it was on, but it was kind of just walking through the opening scene. It was probably like GQ, you know, how they do kind of like breaking down right. scenes. So John Krasinski was talking about like how they filmed um, like the bus coming at them and driving backwards and everything like that. And it was just so interesting. I mean, I'm not someone that knows a lot about cameras, but it was really, really interesting to see just how creative they had to get to make that whole scene. Right. Uh, the kids in this movie are also f phenomenal. Millicent Simmons, who plays Reagan, uh, and Noah Jupe, who plays uh, Marcus. And then Jaiman Hansu, who is also a phenomenal actor, okay. again, is only credited in this movie as being Man on Island, which might be a <laughs> spoiler in some sense, but that's <laughs> that's his title character. Um, yeah. He's phenomenal in the short role that he has. Like, I really hope this movie gets a part three, uh, or this series, because I want to see how... This this franchise could go on forever, like if they keep coming up with good stories. Because I want to watch John Krasinski uh, and Emily Blunt <laughs> make this this a big like franchise because it already yeah. is and it deserves another sequel. Yeah, I'm sure they're gonna make another one. I'm I'm very very sure the the movies that they make sequels for that don't deserve it like that happens so often and this one really does so. Not to jinx it, but I'm sure it'll happen in a few years. Yeah, and then apparently, also according to their Wikipedia page, there's a video game set in the universe that's uh, in development. Interesting. Um, which would be, yeah, super interesting. Um, keep an eye on that, considering that's what I do for my day job. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then, yeah, before we get into the, the final kind of third of our show, which will be talking about our favorites, the honorable mentions, like our personal ones, and then mm -hmm. the ones that we didn't see and the ones that we might be talking about in the future, um, is the best of the best, which is easily, hands down, also a series, but if it was a seven-hour movie, I would watch all of it, <laughs> um, is Midnight Mass from Mike Flanagan on Netflix, the best piece of media that I've seen in years. Yep, this was hands down my favorite show of the year. Not favorite horror show of the year, just favorite show of the year. When we're talking about TV, I was not impressed with the horror lineup this year. Um, American Horror Story, you know, we kind of gave up on that one. And um, Chucky, I enjoyed. I know what you did last summer was okay, but this is just miles and miles ahead of everything else. And, it's, I mean, it's fantastic. We did multiple episodes reviewing this show we also talked to one of the actresses crystal Blint, which was really awesome but it's just i mean this show is overwhelmingly good like i try to talk about it and nothing really encapsulates how 
deeply I feel for it. Yeah, same. It is like phenomenal. Um, <laughs> this is cinema. <laughs> but it, it it if I if saying it was a seven hour movie, I would watch it or however long it would be. Um, yeah, I've watched the whole thing. It's true. Like it is that good. Um, it is a. I don't want to say return to form uh, for Flanagan because Hill House yeah. was great. Uh, Bly Manor wasn't so great. Um, so, like, in theory, if you wanted to try to make some kind of narrative that was like, it's a return to form for Mike Flanagan here and his new <laughs> Netflix release, um, you could do that if you want. But, you know, it just shows the man The man knows what he's doing. Um, he crafts an interesting story played by... Uh, you know, the characters are played by amazing actors who yeah. absolutely kill it in every single scene. Yeah. Um, and then some of them are going to be returning in his next release, uh, The Midnight Club. Uh, obviously, Crystal Balinch will be in it, uh, who we talked yep. to. Um, and, yeah, just the, again, if some people listen to our reviews and are like, wow, these people are harsh. Like, <laughs> we don't we we don't crap on this series at all. No. And, it's so good. It is um, my favorite thing that I've seen this year. And I saw Spider-Man. So. Ooh. Yeah. Controversial. I know. Everyone's like, Spider-Man's 10 out of 10. And I'm like, like I, I won't get into spoilers, but I enjoyed it. I liked it a lot. But like, go watch Midnight Mass and be like, this isn't Spider-Man. Where's the Spider-Man? <laughs> it's so good. We have church and vampire angel blood. What else could you ask for? Exactly. Um, yeah, Midnight Mass. My Flanagan, the the thing of the year. It is only thing that comes close. And again, I saw Spider-Man. Uh, to <laughs> me, um, this year, in terms of TV, was Ted Lasso, which is a completely different genre. Yeah, and I know. Like, no show has made me feel as like warm and fuzzy on the inside. While also like tearing out my insides, <laughs> like Ted, like uh, Ted Lasso, um, but that is not horror at all. <laughs> no, thing. Yeah, um, but Midnight Mass does beat it out, uh, and I love Ted Lasso so much because football is life. <laughs> but yeah, I'm, I'm glad that we came to the same conclusion this year. They're like, yes, this is the best thing. There's no dispute. Yeah. Like this is the best thing ever. Yeah. By by miles, I think. I also love Ted Lasso. I also really loved Sex Education this year. It's one of my favorites, but Midnight Mass all the way. Yeah, I'm really glad it's got to shine in its own year too, because there was there was a lot of good Netflix stuff last year. Um, mm -hmm. Specifically, Queen's Gambit, ATJ. ATJ, good ATJ. Was phenomenal. Um, the Devil All the Time was a movie I really wanted to like, but it wasn't that good. Um, yeah. But, I know. I was like, wait, what was that movie? I think I watched the Tom it, Holland right? movie. Spider-Man. Delusions. Yeah. Delusions. <laughs> Our pats. <laughs> that shit was so bad. Are you kidding? Yeah. Um, anyway. And then I'm thinking of ending things, which was phenomenal. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm glad this go. movie got the Halloween season to be loved, observed, appreciated, because that's how good it is. Um, and yeah, so we can take our final break, um, but we'll get into our, our top three of the year, the ones that also fit into the honorable mentions and the ones that we didn't see, because there was a lot of other releases this year and you know, we only yeah. got one episode a week. I've tried to tell Natalie <laughs> we should do two, but she's not for it. <laughs> um, but yeah. All right. 
let's take our final break and we'll be right back. All right, so I picked my top three that weren't already talked about because I did really love A Quiet Place 2. Got it. That would be in my top. And I really loved Candyman, but I need to watch it again. Um, but the three that I picked here, one of them we did review, and it's just such a guilty pleasure, and I love it so much, and that's Willy's Wonderland. I need to watch it again because I believe it's on Hulu now, and we rented it, of course, but Nick Cage, you can't go wrong with him. He was fantastic in Pig this year as well, but that's not horror. Um, Just a really, really fun movie from start to finish. Hilarious and... Yeah, I mean, animatronic animals, Nick Cage fighting them. That's all you need in life, I think. <laughs> out uh, of a movie, out of life. Yeah, I would agree. And also, he's got a new movie coming out where he plays himself, which is going to be hilarious. I um, feel like he has a new movie all the time. Like, Mans has been working, but now he's working overtime. <laughs> Mans is Hollywood. Like, Yeah. Oh, man, he's... I think he's my favorite actor of all time as well. Cause I loved him as a kid in his like 90s action movies. We were just like yeah. my favorite. Con like Con Air, Gone 60 Seconds, um, National Treasure. Yeah. I was later on, but also a Disney movie. <laughs> uh, I still can't believe he's going to be playing Dracula. We talked about it, I think, a little bit. Yeah. But... Cool. Like uh, Nick Cage <laughs> Resurgence Bandwagon. Yeah. In the mainstream. In the mainstream. Because like you said, man's been working. Yeah. (laughs) Man's been on his shit. (laughs) But yeah, um, I will also quietly rework my list as you go through your next two movies because I didn't realize we're coming up with movies that are not in the big horror releases. (laughs) You don't have to. I was just like, well, I do like these Yeah, but you were like, oh, these are the movies that were like too cool for us to talk about. So I just watched them myself. (laughs) We talked about Willy's Wonderland, but I don't think that was a huge horror release like Halloween Kills was. Um, The other one I have was Lamb, which is an Icelandic movie, and it's it's like borderline horror. It's psychological thriller horror at the end, kind of, not to give away spoilers, but oh my god, I adored this movie. I saw this one in theaters, and it's basically about um, an Icelandic couple who can't have kids, and they start treating, um, they have like a little bit, they have a little farm, um, and they start treating this baby lamb as their child. And it has legs, and it's a child, essentially, but it's also a lamb. So super, super dark and strange. Icelandic movies are usually very dark and strange, which I love. The acting was so, so good. And I just really, really enjoyed this movie. I think that it was another sleeper hit and another underrated one but um i'm not sure if it's streaming anywhere yet but you should definitely watch it because i loved it it uh got my attention from what you just said that's for sure um okay lamb yeah interesting a good one looks like you can buy it on demand or rent it on demand okay Well, anyway, the, well, but, my money will be going towards Candyman first. Sorry. <laughs> you can rent it on Amazon for two ninety nine. Okay. There well, you go. yeah, there you go. Because Free Guy was three ninety nine, and if I paid three, four bucks to watch that movie, I can definitely pay three bucks to watch this movie. <laughs> yeah, it was really, really good. I liked it a lot. It was a very, very slow burn, which I mean, I appreciate. I usually like those, so 
um, yeah, I definitely recommend it. It was very, very interesting, very original, and it, it's just bizarre, which I'm into. It's A24, of course, because why wouldn't it be? Why wouldn't it be? <laughs> and my next movie is called Titan, which I saw kind of recently. I think I saw it in, like, November. Um, it's a French movie, and this is a body horror movie, which I'm not usually that big of a fan of. Um the director also directed the movie uh, Raw, which I really liked, which is another body horror movie, I guess. Um, so when I went to go see this movie, didn't really know what it was about, but I saw that it was a horror French horror movie. So I'm like, right, this is going to be weird and it'll probably be good. So I went to see it and I swear I was like, I think I'm going soft because I had to close my eyes for multiple parts just Whoa. because it was like body horror and it was gross. And I don't like that mostly, but... This, it was such a weird movie. The lead is so good, and the story is just very interesting. It's about um, this woman who, as a kid, she got into a car accident, um, and she basically has, like, this titanium plate, like, surgery into her head that she has. Um, and she has, like, this weird-looking, like, scar in the back of her head, which is kind of cool. But she... Then we fast-forward to her kind of as an adult. I won't get into to spoilers, but... She's an adult, and she's kind of working as, like, a dancer. She doesn't really have, like, a great life. And then, bam, it turns out that she's just killing people left and right. And she goes through this, like, insane journey of not getting caught and kind of disguises herself as a missing person. And it was wild. I really, really enjoyed it. And it was one of those movies where the credits rolled, and I was like, did I like that? That was so weird. Like, what What even just happened? And then I kind of slept on it. The next day, I was like, damn, that was crazy. That was so good. So another one I really, really recommend. Mm. That's that's a good uh, a good stance. I like movies like that where you're like, I don't yeah. know if I enjoyed that or not. And then you have to think about it. That's good. Malignant. Uh, yeah, Malignant. Um, okay. Three really good movies. Willie's Wonderland, definitely. Um, okay, now into my list. And again, I wasn't cool enough to see some of the movies that we didn't review on the podcast. A lot of the movies that, like, we cover a lot of the big releases. So yeah. it's kind of rare that we don't watch a movie and review it. Um, we're pretty aligned on that type of stuff. Um, mm -hmm. One movie I definitely want to shout out from this year, uh, which also wasn't really horror. Um, mm -hmm. It was thriller, revenge tale, had some horror elements to it. And I wanted it to be scarier at times um, in terms of some of the, the overall uh, cinematography and stuff like that, I guess I would say, um, mm -hmm. is Promising Young Woman. This movie yeah. was mm -hmm. phenomenal. We reviewed it uh, back in February. Um, yeah. Uh, this is a... Uh, really, it's a, it's a terrifying tale uh, to watch the whole thing play out. Yeah. Uh, the, the story follows... Uh, Carrie Mulligan. Um, I don't want to give too much away regarding yeah. it because <laughs> it it deserves to be watched in full without knowing much, uh, which I think will enhance the viewing experience. Um, but it's a revenge tale. Uh, Bo Burnham is in it um, as a love interest type of character, and that's all we'll say. Go watch it; yeah. it's phenomenal. Um, I'm torn between *Malignant* and *Last Night in Soho*. Yeah. Because, again, these are two movies that I really want to like, but I don't know how I feel about them yet. Last Night in Soho, I'm more 
down pat on. It was like it was good. The yeah. ending just kind of messed with me. Um, but that's Batman too. The first, how long is that movie? It's like two hours. Last night yeah. or so. Huh? It is. I'm trying to look it up because I want to be accurate. It's an hour. <laughs> it's 116 minutes, so it's two hours, nearly two hours. Yeah. The first hour and 35 minutes are like everything I want from a movie, especially for my yeah. favorite, because Scott Pilgrim is probably my favorite movie of all time, and Shaun of the Dead is probably in my top three zombie movies of all time. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, huge Thomas and Mackenzie fans, huge ATJ stands, as we've said yeah. three times already on the show now. Um, <laughs> it's... Uh, it's visually stimulating. Everything about that movie is like, you're drawn to it, you're super invested. Um, and the real horror elements of it don't really kind of come into play into the third act um, when it comes yeah. to like ghosts and murder mystery and all that type of stuff, I guess, in in this movie's universe. Uh, but the ending just... <sighs> so close. You were so close. I but know. also, not really. Like it's not like you like kind of just like flubbed it in the fast in the last like five minutes, where it's like no. all a dream and it never happened. But I know. It, it's like twenty minutes that could have just been given like maybe one more rewrite, and it mm-hmm. would have been for me probably movie of the year. Um, but movie specifically of the year, I will give to A Quiet Place Part Two. Um, yeah, a masterwork in audio mixing and editing and all that type of stuff. Because the movie plays so heavily in the idea of, you know, not talking and not making sound because the monsters in it are super sensitive to it. Um, and a common complaint that I know you had with the first one was like, it's too quiet. Yeah, nothing happens. It's just the, watching them, like, mime it out. Right. And, like, <laughs> cool. Like, we had silent films, like, in the 20s. Like, we're past yeah. that now. <laughs> we're, like, we're so far advanced. Um, there's a lot of talking. And this is a lot of plot that gets advanced. Um, and some of the themes and elements that they bring into it. Uh, on top of the already amazing cinematography uh, that is brought to the screen by Krasinski and Blunt, um, is just amazing. I all horror franchises should look at that sequel and be like, "Cool, that's how you make a good follow-up, and also a direct yes. follow-up to a movie." And when I say direct like that, it's because the movie picks up right where the first one ended, after yeah. the the prologue flashback. Um, so Halloween Kills. I know. I'm looking right at you. I, that's immediately what I just thought of. I'm like, stop, you're giving me like trauma thinking back to Halloween Kills because it also started right the night of um, from Halloween and I loved that opening and then, you know, yeah. we know where it went from there. Yeah, evil dies tonight. <laughs> evil dies tonight. Um, so yeah, that's my top three. I would go probably um, for movies specifically. And it feels like weird because I'm kind of shorthanding the Fear Street trilogy because I love those. I was movies. just gonna say, yeah, I was like, damn, you know what? Fear Street is in there too for me. Just... Yeah, but I think am I being a hypocrite of saying I loved the first hour and a half of Soho more than the f- nine hours or however six hours of Fear Street? I don't no. know. The Fear Street, you definitely need to watch all three though. I think that's something yeah. that. It's not like a minus or a plus to it, but if you watch one of them, and if you watch like two or three without watching the ones previous, like what are you doing? No, yeah. Um, it you, you need to watch all three to enjoy everything all together. Um, yeah. And there's a lot of 
a lot of stuff you got to get through for those three movies. They are really fun. Um, again, you know, it still suffers from some of the stupid dialogue that a lot of movies suffer from. Mm-hmm. Um, but I loved just everything about the first hour and a half of Last Night in Soho so much. Um, yeah. But I would go Quiet Place Part 2. Like If I had to recommend three movies, I'd tell people to watch A Quiet Place Part 2, Last Night in Soho, and Promising Young Woman. Or Promising yeah. Young Woman above Last Night in Soho. Yeah. Because that movie doesn't flub it at the end. I know. It's really good in the end. It's actually, yeah. It's like a, <laughs> one of the most like satisfying endings to a movie ever that I've seen. Yeah. Yeah. I think I would have to go A Quiet Place Part 2, Lamb and Titan. Willy's Wonderland, it's, you know, I wouldn't recommend it for everyone. You can skip it. Audience. You can definitely skip it, but it's fun. If you yeah. love Nick Cage and you like Five Nights at Freddy's, you will enjoy Gorilla Greetings. <laughs> I know. I was just trying to think. I'm like, what does that stupid thing say? Gorilla, <laughs> Gorilla Greetings. <laughs> oh, what a movie. That was a good movie to review in the beginning of the year. Um, yeah. Because there wasn't really much coming out in the beginning of the year. Um, no, yeah, we're still having the COVID, COVID fatigue, and yeah, we we rented that one. So yeah, and then shout out to some of the other bad movies that we reviewed, like Mortal Kombat. Man, that movie disappointed the hell out of me. Oh God, I forgot about that. Um, Sightless. Man, that movie was not that great. Not good. Uh, Oxygen's a sleeper pick. Yeah, that one I enjoyed. Um, that was pretty good. We we teased with the idea of doing a True Blood review, which we just never got to. Um, mm-hmm. It will come eventually because it is Natalie and I's joint favorite show together, um, other than Midnight Mass. Um, yeah, <laughs> and you know, like I hate when people just like dr- like you know, either they're doing like a series or something like that, and they just drop it and they cut it off on like YouTube or whatever like that, right? Yeah, I think everybody appreciated that we just stopped reviewing American Horror Story. <laughs> yeah, because since we didn't enjoy it or like have anything interesting to say about it, we would have just been like, yeah. That was boring. That sucked. Okay, bye. Bye. Yeah. <laughs> we wouldn't have given you good content, I promise. Yeah, but we definitely we had a good balance. We didn't actually, you know, we kind of try to be mindful of how many movies we review compared to doing, like, creative episodes as well. But in actuality, I don't think we reviewed that many movies. We did some fun creative shows uh, or episodes in the meantime. Yeah. Uh, but let's get into our uh, our honorable mentions and the ones that we didn't see because there are some big ones that we kind of missed out on. Yeah, I wanted to shout out three movies that weren't that good, but I think they had like something to say about them. Antlers, I saw, which was a movie that also got pushed back so many times because of COVID. Such a good premise that really did not deliver. I was really disappointed by it. It's just another one that, you know, you probably don't need to see, and if you do, you'll forget about it, but... I was excited to watch that one. So that one's disappointing. The next one, Paranormal Activity, Next of Kin, surprised me because it wasn't bad. And we've talked about these movies a million times, how some entries are good, some of them are terrible. It's been going on for so long. They're going to keep making them, I'm assuming. So this was kind of the the resurgence of, of the franchise. Premiered on paramount plus yeah yeah i'm like where did i watch it so it didn't go to theaters and it was okay like if you're thinking it's a terrible movie that you're gonna skip it's not it's better than i thought it was gonna be is it great no but it's an honorable mention it was okay there were some crazy parts towards the end that i enjoyed so it's your your segment you don't have to justify it 
There's that. And then the Night House was one that I was really excited to see. I think it first premiered in 2020, but then it came to theaters with COVID and everything in 2021. Um, it stars Rebecca Hall. Do you know which movie I'm talking about? I really like her. Uh, it sounds familiar. Yeah. It, the premise was really good. It's about um, this woman who her husband commits suicide and then she starts kind of like seeing weird things and seeing like him and then not knowing like what he did before he passed away and stuff like that. Really interesting story, but it kind of just fell short. I was kind of bored by the end of it and there were good parts, but again, the delivery was meh. Super cool so poster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Super cool. That's like one of the coolest posters I've ever seen. Yeah. It was okay. It could have been a lot better. So another disappointment, but just one I had feelings about this year. <laughs> That's fair. And then the ones that we didn't see, because there were some big ones on here. Maybe we'll review them in the next year, but we didn't get time to do them this year. Yeah. Some of them didn't hit streaming. Some of them were theater-only releases, um, which obviously like months ago is completely different. Yeah. Um, and now it's completely different. But uh, Old, the M. Night Shyamalan film, uh, my girlfriend saw that. Babe, what did you think of Old? She said, hmm, okay. So. <laughs> I heard it was bad. So I really wanted to watch it, and then I heard either it was bad or just, like, boring. And I was like, well, I'm not going to spend my money on it. Yeah, Shyamalan. Yeah. Are his best days behind him? That's a headline. Right next to Resurgence from Mike Flanagan. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Return to form. Excuse me. Yeah. Um, the next one. Spiral, um, obviously from the Book of Saw, uh, the anticipated movie which you and I, years ago, you know, way back when, before COVID, we were like, yo, Chris Rock and Samuel Jackson doing a Saw movie? We yeah. are down. Um, and then I've heard really bad things about this movie. Yep, same. <laughs> which, which sucks, because it's more, you know, it's more, uh, I would say, cop-focused, which... Mm -hmm. You know, the Saw franchise is very much you have your trap plot going on and then you have your cop plot going on and following the whole mystery of every single film. Um, and this one has the traps in it and the, the kills and all that type of stuff, but it's very focused on what's going on in that precinct from what I've seen and heard. Yeah. Um, maybe one day I'll watch it. Um it's on Prime for three ninety nine to rent, so maybe See, I will. See, I'll pay it. four bucks to watch Free Guy, but I ain't paying four <laughs> bucks to watch Spiral. <laughs> when I can, I just, know that's the thing. Yeah. I'm like, I know it's bad, so why subject myself? Right. Uh, Don't breathe too. Um, which the first one's great. Yeah. Uh, the second one seems to kind of turn the old man into the protagonist a little bit. Right? Yeah. I, I, mean, I haven't heard much or seen much of this movie, but I think we kind of figured that out, right? Yeah, from the trailer. Right. Yeah. Which is I weird. I still want to watch this one. Yeah, I want to watch it too, but it's weird because, like, he's a he's a grade A POS in the first one. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I don't know how you do that character twist. Um, <laughs> but yeah, maybe that's one because, again, we have a lot of love for Fede Alvarez. Um, yeah. Who, who did the original and the Evil Dead remake. Um, the Forever Purge. Cool. We don't have to talk about this movie ever in agreement. Yeah. Yeah. I have no interest in seeing it again. Yeah. It's one of those things where like, if it's streaming for free and I'm really desperate to watch something, maybe, but I still might just be like, nah, fuck that. Yeah. I'm on, I'm on that boat with you. There's just too many of them. Too many of those yeah. movies. 
as Kevin O'Leary says on Shark Tank, take it out <laughs> behind the barn and shoot it. <laughs> because I don't need these movies anymore. They're done. The need, the need for the Purge movies has, has expired. We don't need them anymore. Um, and then the last one, which again, I will not say much about. I'm wearing my Ice Nine Kills Resident Evil inspired sweatshirt right now. And that is Resident Evil. Welcome to Raccoon City. A movie I wanted to be good more than anything in the entire world. And it, yeah. it just looks really bad. The reviews for it are really bad. And that breaks my heart. That's all I'm going to say on it. You don't have to give me your thoughts because that will break my heart even more. I have no thoughts. Good. That makes me feel better. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't look good. And I just don't really have an interest in seeing it. So that's all yeah. I got. What a shame. What a shame. Um, so, yeah, that's our horror year in review. Yay, 2021. A, a, an overall good year. I think a strong... Honestly, an A? A minus? Yeah, I think an A. Yeah. Not an A plus, but an A. Yeah, like a 94. A solid 94. Yeah. And that is heavily lifted up by A Quiet Place Part 2 and Midnight Mass. Yeah. And then sprinkled in there with some Candyman and some Fear Street Trilogy. Mm-hmm. And then it's kind of started to be weighed down a bit by a lot, actually. Halloween Kills. Um, yeah. So yeah, A overall good year in horror. We cannot complain. And 2022, you got a lot to live up now because this year was good. And if this year, uh, this coming year is not good and you're starting off strong with Scream, which, again, I want that movie more like to be good more than anything because of how mm-hmm. much that first movie means to me, I will be heartbroken. I know. Me too. And we'll probably talk about this next week just when we talk about our most anticipated titles of 2022 but uh the black phone really is messing me up here got postponed from february or january whenever it was to june the end of june that's a, that's a long I'm, time i'm pissed about this one yeah we should put that in the horror news review or roundup which we didn't do yeah i totally I'm forgot sure about that talk about it next week though yeah it is, uh, it is on the list because uh ethan hawk has this and now also the Northmen, April yeah. and June, looking strong for the Hawkster, you know? <laughs> um, but man, an overall good year. I think our, uh, we did a great job. Uh, we're not done yet, because we have to look ahead to 2022. But yeah. it was an exciting year. Um, our first full year as a podcast. Yeah. Um, can't wait to do more episodes. We hit, uh, let's see, we started out uh, episode 11 until this one and the next one. So it will 56, 11, 56, 45, math. Not my strongest. Yeah. 45 sounds- episodes. 52 years. Weeks in a year. 52 years. So we only <laughs> missed seven weeks. That's not too bad. No. We can improve. We can do more. <laughs> but... Yeah, I mean, yeah, like you said, overall looking at this list, it was a it was a pretty good year for horror, and I'm excited to see what happens next year. Me too. We're gonna have to get like a watch party going for screen. Yeah. Is it exclusive in theaters? I think it is, right? Yeah. I Which is so. weird to say, right? Exclusive in theaters. That's not something you would normally say <laughs> before COVID. I know. Uh, man, that movie better be good, and we'll talk about it a lot. In our, in our 2022 look ahead because mm-hmm. it's you don't just revive Scream unless you have a good idea, right? Or you want to make a lot of money. And if it's that latter, man, we're going to have a lot to say because you and I 
we got opinions and we don't we don't shy away from sharing those opinions <laughs> i agree i agree never shy away that's what we do here but yeah i'm i'm excited for for what's to come and i'm just happy that we got a few really really good horror movies this year really good horror or movies in general too and yeah, thanks everyone for listening week after week. Let us know what your favorite movie or favorite horror movie of this year was. Did we snub your absolute favorite? Please let us know. You can tweet at us. My Twitter handle is at Natalie Zamora with two N's, two A's at the end. <laughs> two N's. Wait, quick, before you do that. So people know, what was your favorite movie of the year? Real quick, off the top of your head, do you have it? No, I don't uh, know. I got mine. Spencer. Spencer was oh. phenomenal. Yeah, I loved Spencer. I just watched Red Rocket, and that's that's up there for me. But I mm. need to watch it like ten more times. Yeah, Kristen Stewart is going to be an Academy Award winner, and then Rob Pattinson, you're right behind her. <laughs> it, the the Twilight Resurgence is real. <laughs> I know, I love it. But uh, yeah, give us your opinions. Uh, like I was trying to say, but I just can't talk today. Apparently, <laughs> two N's, My two A's, two O's. <laughs> yeah, do everything. My Twitter at is at Natalie Zamora, two A's at the end, and Max is at Odd Slice. You can also give us a review on Apple Podcasts and leave your comments, questions, whatever you want to talk about there. And thanks for listening, guys. We'll see you next week where we're going to talk about all about 2022, the movies coming out, what we're excited for, what we're scared to see happen, all of that. So thanks for listening. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.